This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free. And that includes the archives, the wiki, and more. All of it enjoy on us at freetalklive.com. So there was some news today, Mark, about uh, a man named Lieutenant Watada. Oh, yes. Remember him? Yeah, he was uh, being court-martialed, was he not? He was. And their court-martial charges were apparently thrown at... Well, it's a strange situation. Military it, courts are strange. Yeah, it, it really was. Um, his court-martial charges were dismissed, but now he's going to be facing them again. Let me go to the Kalamazoo uh, Gazette on this one for the, the full story. Army First Lieutenant Lieutenant Aaron Watada is in big trouble. Watada is facing a court-martial at Fort Lewis, Washington, where he's expected to be tried March 19th on a charge of refusing deployment to Iraq. However strong his convictions that the war in Iraq is illegal and immoral, he and his defense counsel, Honolulu attorney Eric Seitz, face a Herculean task in convincing the seven-member officer panel not to send Watada to prison. Site says it's Watada's actions that amounted to free speech, which is protected by the Constitution. So the question, of course, is, will the Constitution be allowed in military court? Mm. I, I would even question whether the Constitution is, uh, is relevant in a military court. Honestly, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. The court, his court-martial was underway Wednesday when Site, well, it is the, the final law of the land. It's the final law of the land. Um, I would agree with you on that, but the military sort of exists outside of... Um, uh, it shouldn't. Well, I don't know. I agree with you. That's how it seems to be, but it shouldn't be that way. Th- that's the operating. Uh, th- that is the operating paradigm, and um, I I don't know. I I don't even know. It's it's just the way it's been for me so long that the military has operated outside of the Constitution. That um, and its courts have operated outside the Constitution, and that the Constitution doesn't necessarily apply to military people. That I'm not sure that I believe it. For instance, the Thirteenth Amendment, slavery. Um, you can put a military guy in jail for not doing what um, he's been told to do. Mm-hmm. He, the 13th Amendment doesn't apply, although he did sign a contract that said he would do it. So that I guess right. it does apply. But he also signed a contract. He also essentially agreed. He, he made a statement that he would follow the Constitution. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you join the military, you swear an oath right. that says you're going to follow the Constitution. Correct. And so that with the, if the Constitution conflicts with the contract then the Constitution should come first. This court-martial was well underway on Wednesday when Seitz proposed that the judge require jurors to consider that Watada had acted out of a mistaken belief that his actions were legal. That's when the judge declared a mistrial, saying that this amounted to a confession to an offense to which Watada intended to plead not guilty. The stakes are high for the 28-year-old native of Hawaii. He's the first commissioned officer in the U.S. military to refuse deployment to Iraq. Now, to publicly refuse deployment uh, deployment there have been others who have just disappeared uh-huh, but this true. is the he's the first guy to say no this is wrong this is against what i believe this is against the constitution i'm not going to go back and fight in an illegal war that's what he has essentially said i'm with him i am as well and he's the very first man to have the courage to do this charges also include con- uh, conduct on becoming an officer if convicted on all counts watata would face up to 4 years in prison a dishonorable discharge, and a forfeiture of pay and allowances. Now, under the Uniform Code of Military Justice, men and women in uniform 
are not fully afforded the freedom of speech that American civilians take for granted. Now, they say that restriction is necessary. For instance, if people in the armed forces could badmouth their superiors or defy lawful orders with impunity, the country's military effectiveness would be compromised. It's important to note that today's armed forces consist entirely of volunteers. Those who serve are doing so of their own volition. In Watada's case, it's clear that if he refused an assign or that that he refused an assignment, one which thousands of his officer peers and enlisted personnel have accepted. However, I don't think that's an excuse to throw him in a, uh, in a prison cell simply because the majority of the soldiers are good little soldiers and will follow whatever orders they're given. Doesn't make Watada wrong for refusing to follow those orders. You see what they're saying? They're right. saying that well, because everybody else said it was okay. Uh, because everybody else went along with the orders, they must be lawful orders. The majority say, uh, says so. I, I, but that doesn't seem to jibe too well with individual liberty and freedom. Well, the, the majority of people in the uh, southern states at one time thought it was a good idea to own slaves. Right. Does that mean that it's a good thing? No. Does that mean it's constitutional? No. 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 He has agreed well, to Tata's the, doing the right thing. He is. And he's very courageous. He's agreed to the accuracy of statements in earlier interviews in which he attacked the war as illegal, the army for committing war crimes, and the Bush administration for deceit. Danny Westneed, a Seattle Times columnist, put it bluntly, quote, What Watada did is military disobedience. And no matter how opposed you might be to this war, you've got to stop and think, do we really want officers who run the most powerful fighting machine in the history of the world deciding what rules to follow as they go along? Yes! The answer is yes, of course! Of course we do. Well, because if we don't, if we have a situation where the officers are all blindly following orders, then we can very easily spiral down into a, another situation that is very similar, very reminiscent of 1940s Germany. Those officers were just following orders. That's right. They, they were, were good little officers following the orders. They were given and, sl- and slaughtering the Jews. They, 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 you make checking an the point. identification, going from house to house, knocking on doors. Whatever they wanted to do. Yeah. Well, this is this is really disturbing. And so, yeah, of course. I mean, how could anybody sit sit there, listen to this, listen to these points, and say, "Yeah, these are these guys are supposed to be mindless automatons. We don't want them thinking for themselves. When they are given orders, they should just act. They shouldn't think first. Don't act or don't think. Just act, boys. Do whatever you're told." Well, I, you don't I have say, your own minds. I, just the, the statement the newspaper guy made made me stop and think. Um, you know, do I want my military guys thinking for themselves? I've been raised that uh, military guys do what they're, to- they're ordered. They follow their duty. Yeah. And especially officers, it seems to me, like Watata is, sh- they, they take an oath to the Constitution, and they should take that oath very seriously. Yeah, it would seem to me that the higher the rank you are the more important it should be for you to seriously analyze any orders you're given. Because I don't know about who's responsible for what in the military. Like, if you're, give, if you're a grunt and you're given an order by an officer, is it the officer's fault if he gives a, a faulty order, or is it the grunt's fault for following the fa- faulty orders? But I think the higher up you are... In today's military, I suspect both of them would take a fall. I, right. Well, I think the higher up you are, the more careful you have to be about analyzing sure. whether or not this is a good order. If, and he's a lieutenant, Lieutenant Watada, which right. means he's got men under his command, right. which means that if, if somebody at a higher level gives him a bad order and he just mindlessly passes it on to the grunts, then he's put those. He could have put them in. He could put them in danger. He could put them in a situation which uh, which they d- 
they don't deserve to be in. And he could put their lives on the line, possibly risking the lives of his men, possibly to, uh, possibly resulting in their imminent deaths, their demise, the loss of their lives, and therefore their families will suffer, and all sorts of other consequences could happen. I think that it really it's got to weigh heavily on a uh, a lieutenant or a, 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 a what I don't know what the term is for um, having a, a rank a ranked officer. Mm-hmm. I think it should I think these decisions should weigh heavily on ranked officers in the military as to whether or not they're doing the right thing. There still has to be right and wrong even when you're in the military. Just because you take that oath doesn't abolish right and wrong. No, no, it doesn't. And I would like to hear from you as to what you think on this, especially those of you with military histories, those of you who've been in the military. Just because you swear an oath to uh, to the military doesn't mean that uh, you just, you're absolved of all responsibility for what you do. 1-800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. The Seattle Times columnist says, even if this time you might agree with this particular officer. Yeah, he says, do we really want officers to run, who run the most powerful fighting machine in the history of the world deciding what rules to follow as they go along, even if this time you might agree with this particular officer? Yes, I do. What do you think? 1-800-259-9231. We're keenly aware, he says, that many Americans, especially the most vociferous of the war protesters, admire Watada and consider his insubordination as an act of conscience. Oh, this is obviously an editorial. They say, we don't see it that way. Well, I do. And I think he's very brave. And I hope that, I hope that more people follow his lead and decide to uh, not follow bad orders in this case and in other cases as they come up. Make your own decisions for your own self. You're still an individual, regardless of the fact that you're in the military. More on the way. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. We'll talk about groupthink coming up. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. It's 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first if you're on the updates list. And you can get on it by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And what's your liberty issue? Is it taxes? Register now for the February 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Speakers to include Christopher Gronsky, the New Hampshire coordinator for the We the People Congress, who, by the way, I spoke with on the phone today. Mm-hmm. Seems like a heck of a nice guy. Looking forward to uh, meeting him. Now, what does the We the People Congress do? Is that the one that... Uh, Bob Schultz. Uh, Bob Schultz uh, yeah. rec- recommends that you... Uh, right, the anti-tax crowd, the uh, tax freedom organization. They say that we're not paying our taxes until the government answers a few questions regarding That's the Bill them. of Rights, yep. um, the war in Iraq, taxes. He's going to be there. I'm actually, He actually suggested to me that Bob, is, uh, Bob Schultz is actually going to be in attendance as wow. well. So uh, there's going to be a lot of liberty-oriented people at this event. If this isn't the biggest liberty-oriented event... I think it's going to be. ...ever, um, it'll at least be the the best populated by the luminaries. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's going to be huge. And uh, so he's going to be there. Taxpayer activism panel also going to be happening. You can get registered at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. For more information to get registered, that's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. I also just discovered today that... Uh, I don't know if this is all... Stuff I'm not supposed to be announcing, but I found it out on my own, so I figure it's fair to, fair game. Okay. Uh, Declan McCullough is going to be in attendance at uh, the Liberty Forum. I don't know if he's going to be speaking or if he's just going to be somebody who's attending. I know, th- I know at the very least he'll be attending. You may recall he's, uh, he's a very uh, prolific author on the Internet. He does a lot of uh, pro-Liberty technology-related articles mm-hmm. for, for uh, websites like CNET.com. 
And we frequently, uh, if, if we're covering a liberty-oriented Internet issue, it's likely an article written by Declan McCullough. I mean, this okay. guy is that widely distributed on the Internet. So looking forward to, uh, I, I sent him an email today saying we definitely want to have him on the show uh, if we get a chance to, uh, to have him stop by and sit in on, on Free Talk Live one of those days. So there's going to be so many different uh, pro-liberty personalities. It's going to be hard, Mark, to fit them all in on the show. <laughs> we're going to have a third, we're gonna have a third microphone there for, uh, for yeah. people coming yeah, on. Yeah, we are. It's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Get registered as we go to the phones to the amplifier line. It's Puke in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Puke. Hey, how's it going? Going great. What's up? Uh, I just wanted to comment on what you were saying about the lieutenant on how uh, whoever was writing that article said, do you want uh, you know soldiers questioning their orders and everything? Yeah, and, and I do. Some of the, yeah, well, in some of the training that I've got, they have actually said that you should question certain orders. Like if if someone orders you to go kill an entire village of children or something, you know that's uh, what they call the uh, laws of war or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so there there are actual situations in which you should question your orders. You know because I guess they're you know they saw what happened in World War II and they didn't want and possibly Vietnam and they didn't want soldiers just going around. You know oh somebody ordered me. Right. Yeah, now, so I, I, I can see I can certainly see situations where you don't want to be spending too much time questioning orders. If you're under fire, if you're in a situation where there's a, you know, there's a conflict, a direct firefight going on. Right. You probably don't want to um, look at your bill of your little pocket bill of rights at that moment. Right. Somebody gives you an order at that point, like, you know, go jump over there and dive behind that bomb shelter or whatever. You probably want to follow that order at that particular point. But if it's uh, an right. order given to you that you uh, you have time to comp- contemplate where your life isn't immediately on the line i don't see anything wrong with saying hmm is this the right order is this the right thing to do does this jibe with my training does this jibe with the constitution hmm maybe i should think about these things before i actually do them and you're actually somebody who's in the bit you have been in the military you've recently gotten out correct yes as of this month actually was my last month Wow, congratulations. And I, in fact, I noticed that you're calling from Massachusetts as opposed to Texas, which is the last time we heard from you. You were down in Texas, I believe, at Fort Hood. Why are you now in Massachusetts, Puke? Uh, because uh, tomorrow will be my last leg up to New Hampshire, where I'll be living for the foreseeable future with the Free State Project. That Excellent. is fantastic. Of course, I already knew that, but I figured I'd ask just so you could tell everybody. And I think that's, it. that's just awesome. In fact, you're coming to the Keene area, as I understand it. Yes. Very oh, good. Good. Uh, when, when are you going to arrive, Puke? Uh, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, actually. Well, we'll have some coffee. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Excellent. That would be great. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I made it without uh, sliding off of any roads or, you know, getting snowed in. So That's a good time. I mean, considering you're moving up right in the middle of winter, um, it's what better time could there be than to move up now, right, Mark? I mean, there's not really much in the way of, uh, of ice or, or snow. I mean, there's some snow on the ground here, but... The roads are well taken care of. Uh, it's it's a pretty safe drive, I would think, all the way up here. It's a, it's um, unless what, what happens is the the snow melts on the road and then uh, it free, refreezes into ice. That's the worst uh, p- possible scenario. Right. I've decided I'm not taking any chances. I bought snow tires with studs Heck on no. them. No, um, you already lost one car. Right, in an all wheel drive vehicle. I don't intend to to take any chances. But you know, maybe you'll uh, wait for your first wreck for that. I have to say that uh, it's probably the worst idea to come up here during the winter time, just simply because I mean, if you're not somebody who already has winter clothes and things like that, like we didn't, you know. Oh, we... I have to disagree. Winter clothes are on closeout right now. 
Really? Yeah, all the all of them are like a twenty five percent of what they were what we were buying them at when mm. we when we got here in in fall. That's when people buy winter clothes. I so see. We were well, buying got the money then, with the should, herd. I see what you mean. If you've got oh, the yeah, money, I'll, you should come up. Hmm? At the end of winter is the time to buy. Yeah, that, that's all over the place. Gotcha. But I would have I would have been coming up in probably September or October if I hadn't been stop lost. Mm. Mm. Uh, you know, great backdoor draft that the military has nowadays for their yeah. you have, little wars. Do you have sort on. of a, ne- uh, a negative taste in your mouth uh, after that, uh, after a stop loss about the military in oh, general? Well, absolutely. Uh, this was, this last year I was in Iraq with my third and final deployment. Uh, I was in Afghanistan twice, and going to Iraq for an entire year really um, just put it to me how much how stupid and how, you know, silly the government in this war is. So it was it was pretty much an eye opener. Uh before then I really you know, I wasn't gung ho or anything, but now of the troops of, in Iraq was, Now you say it's silly, you, you say it's been an eye opener. Um uh, now of the rest the, the troops that you've known, the ones that you encountered, what percentage mm-hmm. would you say agree with you and what percentage would you say have uh, drunk the Kool Aid, so to speak, and are completely still on board with the war? Well, you know, I can't speak for anyone else, but as far as the guys that I worked with, which is, you know, in my company was about 150 guys, mm-hmm. I'd say about half of them really, you know, they were just there like me as a job, and they were going to get out when they were done. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of them were, you know, a lot of them get suckered into this. Whenever you get out, they offer you all kinds of crap and kind of threaten you with that IRR. Stuff. IRR? And so some of them reenlisted, oh. which is that uh, Ready Reserve. Right. Uh, where they can call you back, where you know, in actuality, you sign up for eight years, whether you sign up for eight years or not. So, so you're still you're still in with the ready re- ready reserves then right now. Yes, until December. Um, I was lucky enough that I signed up almost a year before I actually came into the army, mm-hmm. so that time counted. And what happens with that IRR is if they need you up until the very last day which will be in December for me if they, if I get a letter like 2 days before my time is up I can they, they can legally bring me back in for two more years for two more years from the from Jeez. the last day yeah so, so it's it's, it's even in effect it could be 10 years as opposed to 8 that's correct it's Oof, a, my uh, goodness it's but luckily I'll be right next to uh Canada and I'll have a lot of support here <laughs> Yes, you certainly will, and uh, we're glad you're making it all the way up here to uh, to Keene, New Hampshire, as part of the Free State Project. Puke, we look forward to meeting you, and uh, thanks for the call tonight, dude, and sleep well in your hotel room. Thanks. See you. 800-259-9231. Awesome. People on the way up here to the Free State, even in the dead of winter. I think that's fantastic. More on the way. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. And that is uh, the packet8.net toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. Live streams included. There's a broadband version of the show awaiting you. And a dial-up version as well for free at freetalklive.com. Do you enjoy building things? Woodcraftplans.com has hundreds of blueprints for things like lawn chairs, rocking horses, yard shadows, fine furniture, and more. Step-by-step instructions and full-size patterns guide all skill levels. Wood... 
Woodcraftplans.com supports FTL, so please support Woodcraft Plans. That's Woodcraftplans.com. So um, we started this hour out by talking about the Lieutenant Watada situation, the man who has essentially been the very first um, U.S. military member to publicly come out and say, you know what, this whole war thing in Iraq, not so legal, not so constitutional, I'm not following the orders. And I, you know, got to give that guy a round of applause for uh, for doing something like that, for having the courage to do so. He's been brought up on trial. The trial's been declared a mistrial. And as a result, uh, the, according to some people, this could be the end of the Watata case. Fort Lewis, according to the Seattle Post-Intelligencer, the Army court-martial of Lieutenant Watada, which ended in a mistrial yesterday, may have stranger turns ahead. Prohibitions against double jeopardy might keep prosecutors from having a second trial, saying his lawyer and another legal expert. I disagree. Why? If, if it's a mistrial, then there's no uh, double jeopardy issue. Well, the opposition of Watada and his defense team to the mistrial declared by the military judge and eventually endorsed by prosecutors after their case fell apart opens the door for a double jeopardy defense, uh. says a, uh, says a lo- University of Washington law professor. Double jeopardy, which forbids a person from being tried twice for the same crime, does not apply only after a verdict is rendered, but can apply after a jury's impaneled and witnesses have been called. Uh, the, motion, the notion is that you can't just stop in the middle and say, I don't like the way it's going and start over, said Junker. If the defendant objected, it does raise the possibility of double jeopardy. That would happen in a civilian court, and I presume in a military court. That doctrine does come from the Constitution, and like it or not, the military is still subject to the Constitution. Okay. So we'll see what happens with Lieutenant Watata, but I thought it was interesting to spin this off into a, uh, an article by Thomas Hoyt appearing at strikethroot.org. There, uh, yeah, strike dash the. It's, it's such an annoying website. Actually, it's strike dash the dash root dot com, not dot org. Anyway, it's called Breaking Conformity, and he says, by far the most famous psychology experiment of all time is Milgram's demonstration of obedience to authority. It's one that we've talked about many times here on Free Talk Live. As we all know, his subjects were willing to administer what they took to be lethal shocks to imaginary victims simply because a guy in a white, tol- a white coat told them to do so. It is amazing, and it really does show how people defer to authority. I've always wondered if perhaps some of the motivation was the ability to inflict such cruelty and have it be okay, since, after all, the doctor told me to. Or... Right. I mean, these people were willing to kill someone they yep. had met because a doctor told them to. Not just kill them, but shock them to death in a very painful manner. And loud. Yes. But I digress, says Hoyt. Even though Milgram's is the most famous, it's not my favorite experiment. No, my favorite psychology experiment is ashes on conformity. Now, we haven't done this one, have we? No, we haven't. Ooh. Here, in the typical setup, Ash would have, the, would have a vertical line drawn on one card, but it is one that I am aware of. Uh, have a vertical line drawn on one card and three other lines on a second card. He would ask the group of subjects, all within earshot of each other, questions about the relative lengths of the lines. So, here's the situation. It's, you've got a, we've got a table here, Mark, that we're sitting around, and I'm the test, the, the, the guy who's doing the test. The You're one of the subjects, mm-hmm. and there's at least two or three other people in the room. Gotcha. Well, the twist is that all of the, uh, all but one of the subjects were actually Confederates in that they're all with me. Right. And you're the actual person that we're testing. I'm the control group or whatever. Who purposely gave incorrect answers. So essentially the point so the was... the Confederates gave incorrect answers. Right. So the Confederates said, oh yeah, those lines are the same length. Or those lines are different lengths when in fact uh, they the, were lying. Right. They were, they were saying the wrong thing. They were trying to get you to go along with them. Right. But I look doing. at three lines the same length 
claimed that they were different lengths simply because two or three people also at the did. table said so too. The point was to measure how much peer pressure, or more broadly, d- the desire to conform, would cause people to give obviously false answers. What's really interesting is that after the fact, the subjects would attribute their obvious mistakes to poor eyesight or some other personal failing. Mm. They didn't seem to realize that the wrong answers of everyone else in the group made it very uncomfortable to give what was clearly the right answer. And now we come to the most illuminating feature of Ash's results. Although as many as a third of the subjects would conform when all of the Confederates unanimously gave wrong answers, virtually every true subject would give the right answer so long as just one Confederate dissented from the rest of the group by giving the right answer as well. So, is all people need is one person to dissent, and they'll follow the dissenter, they'll follow their heart as long as somebody yes. else stands up first. As long as they aren't the only one. Mm. That's why when you're asking for volunteers from a group, it's always hardest to get that first person somebody to step has forward. To stand up. Yes. In other words, people are willing to trust their inner judgment and speak what they know to be true so long as they don't feel totally alone in their views. Now, there's more to this this article, but it's do you see where I'm coming from on this one, Mark? In mm-hmm. that I think that this is why Free Talk Live is working so well. Because we are those people those people who We're standing are standing up first. up first and saying, Come with us, there is another answer besides this insane Republican, Democrat, left-right paradigm that everybody's been so used to in this country. We're standing right. up everybody and showing knows, people the way. Everybody knows the government is inefficient and they screw things up. And not just our government. Governments, exactly. in general, are inefficient and screw things up. But they're so scared to say anything about mm-hmm. it. They need someone else to just pick, the, pick up the toys and, and uh, hold out their hand and say, essentially, come with me. In homage to Ash's wonderful discovery, I now proceed to do my small part in dissenting from other Confederates in our society. Here are some basic truths that no arsenal of pseudo-intellectuals can deny. Number one, it's wrong to steal, and taxes are stealing. This one's pretty simple, folks. The government tells you to pay your taxes or else. Well, or else what? Or else, well, when push comes to shove, they send armed goons to your house to drag you away and throw you in a dungeon, or prison, as the modern nomenclature would have it. If you think that the services government gave you were worth the price, then government doesn't need an IRS to collect payment. McDonald's doesn't have thousands of employees whose only job it is to force people to fork over money in exchange for super value meals. Because if... They don't do super value meals anymore. If the government... Really? I don't believe so, no. You probably have to ask for a super value meal. If the government uh, was such a great organization then people would voluntarily pay them. That's his point there. Another point, it's wrong to murder innocent people. And war is murder. Once again, pretty straightforward. This is more black and white than the questions Ash asked his subjects, but in case there's some confusion, let me change the wording to make it clearer. Perhaps, melting thousands of children in order to get somebody else to do what you want is evil. Well, that would be. Yeah. Majority vote, here's another one. Majority vote doesn't turn something wrong into something right. I would concur with that. A lot of people think that taxes and all the murders performed by our brave boys and now girls, who we're all supposed to support, are rendered A-OK because the president orders them. And this in turn rests on the belief that our system is a good one because it relies on the will of the majority. We've heard these excuses all the time from supporters of the system. Well, you voted for this. 
You voted for these people. Why don't you just change it? You don't like the laws? Well, then change them. Well, you voted for these people. No, I didn't. They're forcing their way on me. I didn't vote for any of these jerks. See, it's not really stealing if the people approve of the tax code in these people's minds. Now, this is just balderdash, and everyone knows it deep down inside. If tomorrow Bush stole a scene from Braveheart and ordered that every governor had the right to sleep with new brides, I don't think that the existence of the Electoral College would reassure too many new husbands. It's true that the American public would never stand for such a ridiculous decree, and that's why Bush would never order it. My point here is simply that it's not the political process that makes such a hypothetical decree right or wrong. It's wrong by its very nature. The goal is to pick a political process that allows the right answer to occur as often as possible. And when I look at the history of governments throughout history, even our own, I'm not convinced we've found a good process. More on the way on what's right and what's wrong with government and you. 1-800-259-9231. Are you going to stop following orders yet? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Anything goes if you make the call. The Packet8.net toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. Though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff at store.freetalklive.com. Very, very cool merchandise that we have for you to purchase, um, including Free Talk Live hats, a variety of different types. In fact, you're wearing our brand new Free Talk Live beanie cap. I'd like to talk about the uh, my sock hat here, or what, yes. whatever we refer to these things as. Um, I, I have two. I have one that's just a standard black one that I bought at Marshalls or TJ Maxx yeah, or something. Okay, so I don't okay. like to spend a lot of money on things generally. But this one has the Free Talk Live logo it does. on it. So very, very I, sexy I Free Talk Live logo. I was willing to spend a little more. Right. Um, and I have to pay for these, too. I mean, you know, but that's the yes, way that goes. Do. So um, I, I have the one from Marshalls, and I have this one. This one's significantly warmer. Really? The thread's more dense and mm-hmm. closely packed. It keeps my head warm. When you say that it's high-quality merchandise, you're not, not joshing. Yeah. I mean, really. The real deal. It is. The T-shirts are nice. The hats are nice. The, uh, the bowling shirt Sweet. Yeah, they're very cool stuff. Uh, the shirts are very, very sharp. This, the flag, uh, we've got this hanging in the studio now. It's, uh, it's the free marketeer flag. Very sharp, very nice. Um, the DVD collector sets, the bumper sticker, which is free, by the way. No joke. Go to uh, store.freetalklive.com to learn how you can get your very own freetalklive.com bumper sticker. Uh, completely free. And... So I've been very, very pleased with the quality of the store merchandise. And I've got to say that it's a li- it was a little risky get- getting into the store because when you're ordering things from some supplier, you really don't know no, what, what the quality There's is like. There's a picture, but that's right. it. So we, we certainly were taking a risk, and, and we're going to be adding new products this year. Um, we're going to be adding, I think we're going to add a baby doll t-shirt for uh, for our lady listeners. Yeah, girls like the baby dolls. They fit a little better. They do, they do. And uh, off the chest, you know? I think we're going to also add a Free Talk Live hoodie. And I can tell you this, that if something comes in that's crap, like if we get if we order something and it's just utter garbage, I can tell you that we're just going to put that on clearance, blow it right out and say, you know what, we, we, there was a mistake made, um, this isn't up to our quality standards, it's clearance, blow, fire sale, get it out, let's, let's find something new. I don't want to offer crap at our store. I want to make sure Free Talk Live merchandise is the best, and it is. So head over to store.freetalklive.com. All right, so we're talking about conformity. We're talking about dissent. 
And what started all of this was the case of Lieutenant Watada, the man who has had the courage to dissent and say, you know what, uh, forget following these bad orders. I'm not following these bad orders in the military. I'm not returning to Iraq because it's an unconstitutional war. And according to my oath, I am not supposed to support unconstitutional orders. And he's got the courage, and he has had the courage to do that. There was a mistrial uh, called in his case, and uh, we gave you the, the information on that earlier, but it led me to a story from Strike the Root about conformity and about people standing up against the system. And I want to continue this uh, from Thomas Hoyt, teacher who a retired teacher who lives in Nashville. He's pointing out just a few different points about um, how it, uh, some truths about government and truths that everybody sort of knows in their heart but nobody wants to really admit, and that they need somebody else to stand up and admit first before they can say, yeah, yeah, I've always felt that way. Finally, the U.S. government can be just as corrupt and backwards as any other. It always amuses me how Americans can be very wise and skeptical when it comes to other governments, but always give extremely generous explanations for apparently hideous actions that U.S. politicians commit. Sorry, folks, it doesn't work that way. When we invade a country because of alleged weapons of mass destruction, and then we stay even though weapons don't turn up, we've been an aggressor nation. Yes, we just took over another country on the basis of lies. Or at least um, untruths. Whenever other countries do that, Americans rightly cry foul. Still think the U.S. is qualitatively, uh, qualitatively better than all those nasty other regimes? Still think the American people are a cut above... Then how do you explain this? Well, I do believe that we're qualitatively better, and I do believe we're a cut above. I don't think that we're qualitatively um, righteous, that we're always, everything we do is correct and it's okay. I just think that we're a little bit better. Well, according to uh, Hoyt, in 1963, the U.S. had a military coup in which the elected president was murdered and replaced by one of his subordinates. The ensuing cover-up was so palpably false that anyone who deigns to read up on the subject must realize that government has systematically lied to us for all these decades. For those who would like a good starting point, he recommends uh, Mark Lane's classic Rush to Judgment, obviously talking about the Kennedy assassination. Mm -hmm. If just one of his major points is true, for example, the APB on Oswald going out before the police could possibly have learned the description, then the official Warren Commission report is a bunch of garbage. Use your common sense, folks, says Mr. Hoyt. Your government lies to you every single day. If just a few of us started pointing this out, everyone would soon start to admit the obvious as well. And that's why I wanted to bring this up. I wanted to encourage those of you out there, and, and I think most of, uh, most of our listeners are already doing this, encourage you to be a dissenter. Encourage you to be the one person in the classroom, the one person in the church group, the one person in your blah, 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 your Lions Club, your whatever, you name it, whatever groups it is that you spend time in, be the one person who dissents against this government. And then you'll discover that there are others out there who feel the same way as you do, or who or sort of always felt the same way, but had always been too scared to say anything to anybody else, because they always felt that, well, 99% of Americans just thought that everything was peachy keen here in America, and whatever the American government says goes. And it turns out that there are people out there that think like we do, Mark. Mm -hmm. That's what we discover here every night on Free Talk Live. By simply talking about the issues and talking about our beliefs on them, we've discovered that there are a variety of people out there that are with us you know, and against the government. And, and people refuse to look at past mistakes of the government that are obvious and egregious. Um, slavery. The, yeah. government, the United States government at one point condoned slavery. Sure. 
now th- there was a war fought that largely included the issue of slavery and and we can put all that aside but they condoned it at one point not only did they condone it then but they still condone it today well in it, the form of jury duty understood but um you're not going to get people to quite get on board with jury duty it's still slavery it's conscription um, it's it's a very short period of time, but it is conscription and the draft. The United States the draft is well, in this, especially um, if that comes back. The second point that I'd like to uh, to make on that is um, the internment of Japanese Americans. Oh how many goodness. people? How many people could possibly imagine that this was a good thing? Who could have and who could have possibly the, thought that would have happened here? We've apologized. The United States government's apologized for it, so, so it's what? a bad thing. Well, I'm 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 yeah. saying that they've admitted a lot of fault. good that does. Um, so you know, there you go. They've done that. Um, the invasion and takeover of Hawaii. Mm. The United States has issued an apology to the Hawaiian people. Why did they do that? Well, because they took their damn land. Yep. And they How populated. About they, How about the rest of the uh, things that we've taken over? Uh, you know, we, we have absolutely done that. Right. We didn't do as uh, thorough of a job with them as we did with Hawaii. We populated their um, their their country with uh, so many white people that we then voted in um, to be a state. You know, just took yeah. it. Yep. So, I'm sorry, but the United States has made some mistakes. If we have made some mistakes, we could very well make them in the future. The Iraq War is a mistake. It sure was, and is, and continues to be. You know, it, it, the, the, implement, the going in in the first place, I made that mistake. I thought it was a good idea. Um, a lot of Americans thought it was a good idea, and it was a mistake. The, the implementation of it has been awful. They, they have fought this war very, very poorly. Um, if they would have just left it mission uh, mission accomplished, then that would have been it. The war would have been over, and it, at the very least, these Iraqi people could clean up. Right, and well, even we've if done a lift, terrible job of allowing them of, of helping them clean up. Even if not that I support the, anything about this war, no. but even if they had done what you suggested and they had left it mission accomplished, then they wouldn't have been had they wouldn't have had their tail between their legs like they would now because right. now the excuse is, oh, we can't leave now or we'll look like cowards. Well, you just why look like you idiots. Then? Yeah, you, you, you're still you're looking like fools. I mean, and you're putting people in harm's way that don't need to be. Mm-hmm. People are dying oh, over this. It, the numbers are 600,000 people have died as a result of this Innocent Iraq war. People. Um, and that's on the Iraqi side. Yeah. Uh, we only have 3,000 or so on our side. Uh, it's so awful. 3,000 or so. I mean, you say it like it's you know so flippant. I mean, well, compared oh, to 600,000, it is. I mean, 3,000 3, people. Yeah, everybody has every a family. Every one of and, those people. And uh, every one of those family feels a great deal of pain when one of their sons or daughters dies. Right. So my point in all this is to encourage you the using the Hoyt um not the Hoyt study but using the uh the Ash study on conformity to encourage you to not conform to encourage you to step outside of the box in hopes that others will see you stepping outside of the box and say hey yeah he's on to something you know what they're right about all this maybe i i'm not alone anymore and you're not and you shouldn't be. And that's, I think, where the Free State Project is going to be so powerful, Mark. Not only is this going to work on an individual basis when you step out and say no, when you step out and dissent, but when New Hampshire dissents as an entire state, as an entire state of freedom-loving people steps out and dissents against the United States government, can you imagine what's going to happen? Very interesting things are ahead for us. More on the way, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet8.net toll-free line. Speaking of conformity, in New York City, they say you can't wear iPods while crossing the street. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, 
Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, and uh, that's uh, freetalklive.com. As we go to the phones to the fun, let's talk to Brian in Colorado on the amplifier line. Hey, Brian, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Good evening. Good evening, sir. What's on your mind? Well, um... Last night uh, I was talking a, a bit about taxes and 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 what the uh, un um, I don't know the the unaccountable taxes you know the, the the taxes that aren't called taxes that we certainly pay because they're a cost of of, uh, of government. Okay. And uh, I was listening to that again today, and uh, forgive me, I haven't been listening the first hour, uh, but um, I've been busy working so I can pay my taxes. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> but but uh, I, one of you mentioned. Uh, last night, uh, uh, something that I think is, is the most in- insidiously evil uh, tax that, that no one ever talks about as a tax, but it certainly is because it's 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 the you know, shenanigans that uh, you know are are, uh, are done by our uh, political uh, establishment, and that is inflation. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and if you count that, you know, I mean, let's say that you are you know a, a, a Low wage worker, uh, you know, and, and, and you don't pay any taxes. You know, on April fifteenth, uh, zero, big fat zero down there. Right, you get well, all you your money back. Paid, sure, you're right. Well, yeah, if you've paid any in the first place, right, I get a refund from the government, right? But 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 if you if you get there and you, uh, I, I didn't pay any tax at all. Well, you've already paid the seventeen percent or something like that, whatever it is, eight percent that you pay for, you know, uh, Medicare and FICA, Social Security, whatever they call it. It's fifteen percent for Social employer, Security, right? Yeah, what your employer paid to match that. I mean, that's what right. the employer costs to hire you. And then, and so uh, you've already paid taxes, but it doesn't look like you've paid taxes. You don't think you've paid taxes. In fact, you've got money back from the government. But then, what about all this inflation that, that lowers the cost of your dollar? Well, your rent's not any cheaper. Your rent went up. Uh, and you got a five percent raise. Well, woohoo! You know, inflation just hit you at ten percent, so you got a negative raise. Yeah, you're right. Inflation is brutal, and it's definitely something that we have covered. And they they tell lies about inflation. Yeah, oh they, yeah. They have the consumer price index out there, but the information, you know, so they say inflation's inflation's very low. It's like at uh, one or two or uh, maybe Lies. tops out three yep. percent. But the, included in the price and consumer price index is just a bunch of plastic cra- crap that you buy at Walmart. It doesn't have fuel. How many Americans live without fuel? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a very real cost for Americans. It doesn't have housing. How many Americans live without housing? You can't live without a house. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't include um, uh, food. I mean, how are you going to live without food? These are the things that should be on it, but instead they put a bunch of irrelevant crap on it. I think that cars are included, but... You know, so yeah, how often do you buy a car? Right. How often do you buy a car? But then again, you could make the same argument about um, a house, but you pay for it monthly. Well, of course. I mean, what, what do you expect them to do? Of course, they want to cover up the inflation. Of yeah, course, they want to obscure big, it. It's just a big, big lie. This is a tax they lie about. They print money on their little chunk chunk print, printing press. Yep. They make as much as they want. They spend it at its current value. Then once there's more 
dollars, more um, Federal Reserve notes floating around out there, they're not worth as much. Right. It's like it's it's like a uh, it's an elitist party almost the uh, the printing press that they have because mm-hmm. they can print out all the money they want to and they spend it with their friends in industry. They spend it with their buddies who've got political connections, mostly the uh, military industrial complex, but there are others. The people who have connections to politics get the money first, and the people who get the money off the printing press first don't have the inflated version of it. They don't they don't feel the effects of the inflation as the rest of us do right. once they turn around and, and re-spend that money. It and takes really it just insidious. a little while to it takes the market a little while to right. adjust to new stuff being in it. You're right, Brian. I'm glad you brought that up. It's it's a totally insidious tax, and it's one that anybody can, in America cannot get away uh, from unless they completely get away from using greenbacks. That's the only way to get away from inflation. Right, the Liberty Dollar or some other uh, non-Federal Reserve bank, you know, uh, backed currency. Right, and it's amazing to me that some people think the Liberty Dollar is a scam. I mean, we've talked about it before on Free Talk Live. You can get more information on it at dollar.freetalklive.com. They believe that the Liberty Dollar is a scam because it continues to go up in value because uh, right now it's the $20 base. You get a $20 silver piece, and it's essentially it's an ounce of silver. Okay, yeah, if you go and you buy a bunch, if you, if you go and you go and buy pounds and ounces and ounces of silver, you might be able to get it at a lower price than $20. But uh, essentially what's going on with the Liberty Dollar is the reason why it says $20 on it and the reason why it costs more than the, the spot price of silver is because you can't get spot price of silver unless you buy so much silver. You, ha- you would have to buy a pallet full of silver in order to get that price down there. And so people think that the Liberty Dollar is a scam. It's not. It's an it's a alternative currency designed to keep up with inflation. So you buy Liberty Dollars, and you put them, uh, you're supposed to spend them, and you're supposed to circulate them, but even if you sit there and hold on to them, they'll go up in value, because they continue to print more greenbacks. And the more greenbacks they print, the more the Liberty Dollars will become uh, worth more. And as you pointed out, Mark, you can look at this, uh, you can look at an example of how this works by looking at what an ounce of gold would have bought a hundred years ago, compared to what an ounce of gold will buy today. An ounce of gold buys pretty much the same thing. Right. You can buy just as many loaves of bread with an ounce of gold, just about. I mean, this is give or take, right? Right. Um, just about as many loaves of bread in 1913, when they took the dollar off the gold standard, as you can now Yep. with an ounce of gold. But you can't buy nearly as many um, loaves of bread with a penny that um, in 1913 as you can now. The penny, you might as well throw it away because it's not worth anything. As a matter of fact, it's worth more for the copper and zinc that's in it than it is... Because um, of inflation. Right, because of inflation. The penny's actually... The metal is worth more than the penny. Hey, it sounds like we have a metal-backed currency now. <laughs> we do in pennies <laughs> and nickels. You just have to melt down your pennies. Oh, so but the, that's, the, that's the, against the law now, Brian. And you can't take them out of the country either. Yep, exactly right. Any other thoughts for us? Yeah, but the, the place I was going on this was just thinking about... The high taxes uh, that we know of that are called taxes, plus the fees that are actually taxes, but they're called fees, and then inflation, which is a tax, but it's called something else. I, I think it's conceivable that, uh, you know, we were talking last night about, you know, are you in a 50%, 60%, 70%, you know, 80 90 I think it's conceivable if, if you are uh, enough of a, of a taxed person, it's possible for the government, and when you add inflation, to be taxed more than 100%. It's, I, I don't know. I, I, can, I can see where you're coming from on that. Doing the math, figuring that out, I think would be very, very difficult. But I can How see would you be taxed from. more than 100%? I'm sorry. Well, I, you, can't, 
you can't figure it out because every time you buy a loaf of bread, you've got to pay gasoline tax and rubber mm-hmm. tax and employment tax. This is all built into there. You can't figure it out. But no. if you add the, the inflation rate, which is, you know, if you want to call that, if you don't want to call that a tax, it doesn't work. But I would call that a I tax. I would call it a tax. Absolutely. It is. On me. Insidious secret tax. Right. And, and if you add that, which devalues everything you make uh, after taxes, you know, because uh, I only spend, I only buy bread uh, in money after they've taxed me, because that's what I have left to spend after the government mm-hmm. takes the right. rest of it. Uh, then now the, the, the money I have is worth less than the amount that inflation has eroded it to a point that I'm actually paying more than all the money I made because they take out 80% of taxes and the rest in inflation. I'm taxed at more than 100%. I'm, I'm just thinking. I'm not sure how you can ever count could very Brian, well my be, head is dizzy thinking yeah, about it. It is hard yeah. to, but to I, grasp. For the, purpose of, for the purpose of being on air and talking about it, I think that the, using the number 50% is, um, is fair and reasonable. It's, sho- it's a shockingly high number. For most Americans to grasp, it's also undeniable. I think at that at a fifty percent level, it's hard for anybody to say, yeah, it's. But if I if I were to come on and say, you know, more than a hundred percent of our wages are taxes, then you get into the cooking sound, right? Uh, People are just not even going to understand, and they're not going to care. I mean, you're making a a valid point that um, every that you're getting a deflated dollar, um, you know, to spend and. Therefore, we're all taking less and less wealth, um, you know, every day simply because of the Federal Reserve printing money, and there's all these taxes in there, and you have to figure in the taxes on the on the tires that you have. Hey, he's got a cell phone call. That's nice talking noise. to you, Brian. Take Bye. it easy. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So yes, you're right, Mark. You it's, have to pay the you know you have to pay the taxes on the tires. Um, so you're paying the taxes on the rubber you're burning on the road. You're paying the it's taxes on the gasoline. It, it is mind. You know everybody hates the the gas companies right now. Well, the government's getting twice the money off of gasoline that the and gas companies are as getting. As far as profits, you mean? It's, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's mind-boggling thinking about the amount of taxes that we pay in life in this country. It's crazy, and. Uh, that's where you're going to have to leave it. I mean, you can't get on the air and claim it's 100%. It's just most people wouldn't believe it. So we're going to stick with 50. More on the way, it is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. It's 1-800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Bulletin board system awaits you. Over 180,000 posts. Over 1,400 people interacting. It's totally free. It's a lot of fun. bbs.freetalklive.com will get you to it. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And that's all for free. Do you have a child in your life? Be they son, daughter, or sibling, give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. So give your special child A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich. Order it at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's akidsjourney.com or 800-657-5066. As we go to the phones to the fun, Alexander in Florida, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Alexander. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, what's up? Yeah, you were feeling under the weather earlier, but now I feel bad, too. Sorry about that. That's fine. Uh... Yeah, well, you know, between uh, speaking of of inflation, whenever I hear inflation, I tend to call in. And uh, speaking of inflation, prices on the wholesale were pretty stable, incredibly stable, in fact, between 1800 and 1930 until we got off the gold standard. And um, I think it really shows that that once we really got off any you know objective means of uh, of money, 
our wholesale value started skyrocketing. I mean, we really haven't had deflation in any specific industry since 1930. Mm-hmm. I mean, sort of like computers because they've become more technologically advanced. We've had that, but really, is we we won't live in a world where you know prices are falling and and output is increasing until we actually get back on some kind of gold standard. You know, it's true. And uh, and um, I mean, it'd be good if inflation was simply a silent tax. And I understand a lot of people like thinking that. Inflation is a silent tax because it is. It's not really out there, but uh, it, it also does worse. You know, it takes resources from one end of the market to another and creates boom and bust cycles. So, I mean, not only are we taxed, our, you know, not only do they tax our money away from us through inflation, but they also make us go through these, like, miseries of, of, uh, of you know, depressions and recessions, and then they blame it on the market saying, oh, these are inherent in the market. They have nothing to do with us, you know. Hmm. Keep, keep looking at the capitalist pig. And, you know, it basically focuses away from, you know, Bernanke and Greenspan and all these people, all these government heads. So uh, I think I think it's uh, another little devious form of government uh, intervention just to make us hate uh, the market more than, than we do. I think that's an excellent point, Alexander, and thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I don't understand the intricacies of, of economics as well as uh, Alexander does, but... I can understand that inflation is a insidious tax. Yeah, and it's hidden, and most people aren't even aware that it is a tax. Sort of, I think. I think a lot of people know that inflation exists, but they don't really understand what it is. They don't really understand the to the extent of which it it affects our our finances in in America. The effect that it's reaching, literally reaching into. For instance, if you've got a bank account with a hundred thousand dollars in it, and you're just letting it sit there, even if you are getting uh, interest on that bank account. You're still losing because inflation, as you pointed out, Mark, is not at the percentage rate that the government claims that it's at. It's more right. of up at around 8 to 9 to 10 percent as opposed to the 2 to 3 percent or less that they're claiming it is. And so if you're making 3 percent on a bank account, then you're still losing. They're still reaching into your bank account, sucking out money without ever having to do it um, overtly, without ever having to let you know that it's going on. I think the best explanation for it is the housing market. Now, you can look at, you can look at food um, and fuel, mm-hmm. but the best, it seems to me the best place to look is the housing market. Houses have basically doubled in America since 99. Uh, yeah, you can pretty much count on your house value has having doubled. If you had one, that real money inside the house, you got you doubled your money. Um, but if you didn't have one, your money just cut halved. in halved yeah. for housing costs. Right now, fuel costs have just about doubled since that same time. I remember in 1998, I bought gasoline in uh, Union, South Carolina, for 89 cents. Wow, 89 cents a gallon. Um, it's three times that now, mm-hmm. practically. Um, not quite three times. It's two and a half times that or some, you know. It's been as high as three times that. It has been. Um, food, they're getting better and better at distribution of food, that for, they're, therefore driving down some of the prices. Right, and that's what Alexander was pointing out. There are some industries, there are some examples of prices coming down. For instance, you, uh, you asked me for a cough drop earlier tonight. I came downstairs with a bag full of cough drops and said, yeah, 40 cough drops, how much did this cost? You guessed high. I did. You said 99 cents. It was 67 cents. So, I mean, Walmart, is, uh, it's got such buying power that it's able just on its own to, to bring prices down. But nonetheless, it, we're still fighting against inflation. We're still fighting against that inflation factor that's just not going to go away until we can finally get rid of the Federal Reserve, which is the only way that, uh, that, that inflation will ever really stop, I think, in this country. And it's possible. It's something that can be done. Just 
people need to be educated about it. People need to wake up. People need to understand what, what inflation is, what fiat currency is, all of these boring monetary topics, right? I mean, it's not exciting talking about m- money like no, this. No, but it is exciting getting money. And yeah. if you want money to be continued uh, to continue to be w- worth what it is today, then you need to be concerned about these topics. Yep, absolutely. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Well, in other news, there's a story out of New York City that has to do with well, probably a number of our listeners. If you're a listener in New York City, at least, if you're somebody who listens on their iPod, uh, whether it's to Free Talk Live or to your favorite music mix or whatever, whatever it is. You could be a uh, lawbreaker soon, right? I have gotten, yeah, we, absolutely. I've gotten this story from so many people. It's amazing. You may be able to walk and chew gum at the same time, but soon you will not be allowed be allowed to walk and listen to your iPod while crossing a street in major New York cities. Wow. Um, now I'm not sure what major a major New, New York, York City is. <laughs> maybe it's the boroughs that maybe, they're referring to. Maybe. I, I don't know. Um, that's because Senator uh, Carl Kruger, da, uh, da, da, da! Carl Kruger to the rescue, Democrat Brooklyn. Um, plans to introduce legislation that would ban people from listening to music players or using electronic devices that would hamper their awareness of their surroundings while crossing the street, said Jason Joppel, Kruger's um, chief of staff. The wow. legislation would also apply to pedestrians using iPods or other MP3 players, Blackberry, so Blackberries, cell phones, or other devices. Home device. Wow. All these things. Um, you know, they're just stopping people from listening. Now, I don't know about... New York City. If you're walking from north to south in New York City, mm-hmm. you're go- and you're walking at a normal clip, you're going to cross a street every minute, right, or less. Um, I, it, may, it may even be less. It really may. Um, so they're you, they're effectively outlawing any sort of portable devices. Right. You're, they're outlawing the iPod if you're walking uh, to work north or south in New York. If this passes, if, if this it passes goes through. Kruger's decision to file the legislation stemmed from the recent deaths of three people who were killed crossing streets in Brooklyn oh. and in Manhattan. Now, I want you to understand that um, last time I checked, and it's been years, uh, Manhattan's uh, population, or New York City's population, mm-hmm. swells to something close to 20 million people during the daytime. During the daytime. The people come to New York to go to work. And right. it's just an incredible uh, amount of people there. Three have died. Three people, yeah. Out of this 20 million. You're not talking about a significant portion of the population. No, you're not. I mean, you're not even talking. It's just, it's three people. It's Darwinism. And These it, people got what they deserved. They weren't, they didn't, they didn't apparently internalize mommy's lesson. You know, mommy and daddy, when you're three years old, they say, okay, now, Mark, you go, we're, we're going to go outside and play some frisbee or some football or baseball. But remember, if that ball goes across the street, you look both ways before you cross the street. You know, it's a mean thing to say. But mommy told you that for a reason. Yeah. It's because cars and trucks kill you when they hit you. I don't think my mom ever thought when she was teaching me that lesson that there would ever be a government who (laughs) essentially was going to abolish any sort of distracting device. Not to mention these people broke the, the, the laws of crossing streets in the process. More on the way. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. Mommy, government. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The Shrine of Female listeners await you with dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove that they listen to the show. You can see what I mean by uh, going over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. Who's the most pro-liberty individual in the United States Congress? Many people would say that's Ron Paul. Register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 25th, 2007. Meet presidential candidate Congressman Ron Paul and other influential people who support your freedom. Register at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. There you go. As we go to the phones, to the fun, let's talk to, uh, I believe it's Becky in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yes. I just didn't know if you'd heard the information that we got off of, of the Power Hour the other day. Oh, wait, no, you mean this is Paula, Paula in Florida. No. No? <laughs> Ginger? Ginger? Anyway, did y'all hear about this? Becky? No, tell did us. Did y'all hear about this? <laughs> tell us the information. Who is this? Did Becky. Did y'all hear about this? Mom? <laughs> uh, no, okay, what, what's going on now, Paula? Okay, Becky, the, Ginger? The 1st of March. Paul, Becky, Ginger? 1st of March. Yeah. The, the uh, uh, Department of Agriculture is going to start. Uh, uh, chipping everything. Shipping. All the farmers said they're going to have to go out of business. With the, with the chisel? Are they getting out a big chisel? To what, chip are, what are they doing, They're going to be chipping everything, and they said that oh, they're, they're going to have to go out of business. They cannot afford this, and we're going to have a serious problem with food. Wait, who's going out of business? The Department the of Agriculture? Yeah. That's awesome news. It Wait, they're not, they're not even hour. in business. They're just it a government agency. Hour. Huh? It was on the power hour the other day. Oh, whatever that is. Uh, so what? now they're going to chip everything. Yeah. Gonna and that's going to put that them out of business. The farmers said they won't be able to afford it. The farmers. Oh, well, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the National Animal Identification System that yeah, Jim Babka has uh, gotten on. Huh? Yeah, they're going to have to go out of business. They said they can't afford it. Yeah, I know. It's terrible news, isn't yeah, it? And then today on the radio, they said now. Hello? Paula? Uh-oh. They got to her, Mark. They've, the Department of Agriculture has silenced <laughs> Becky. Uh, you mean Ginger, or Paula. That's right. Or, right. <laughs> well, you know that not everybody knows that uh, Paula has called in under the name Ginger in the past. That's right. She's, uh, that's Paula in Florida, and she calls in uh, from time to time. 99% of her calls, she calls in as Paula from Florida. But Which there's, there's she's welcome to call. I don't understand why. She, I mean, she doesn't need to use a fake name. No, and she doesn't. She apparently thinks that she's fooling us into believing that she's someone other than Paula in Florida. She has a distinctive voice. Yes, she does. But now she's uh, now her voice has been silenced, Mark. Yeah. They shut her down. Oh, I hope that it's just a bad cell connection or something. I don't think she has a cell phone. Um, I hope it's a bad she connection She seems of to be a sort. bit of a Luddite. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't have a cell phone. I don't know. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on uh, to John in Louisiana. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, John. Is that me? Because this is John in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. John in well, guess, L.A. I guess L.A. is L.A., right? Yeah. What's on your mind, sir? Uh, I wanted to talk about. I think the. Uh, I do think the iPod law is uh, ridiculous in in New York City. Uh, like you mentioned, percentages. The percentages of people that are using devices like that have uh, increased. So of course, the percentage of people who are going to get into an accident with devices like that are going to increase. Absolutely. Just, I mean, haven't we had people with Walkmans for the last t- two decades? Exactly. Uh, <clears throat> I will say this, though, uh, just in in the def- the defense of the pedestrians of New York. I did. Uh, I I worked in Manhattan for five years, and uh, sometimes 
you are definitely taking your life, uh, whether or not you have a, a cell phone or an iPod or anything else on you when you're in the crosswalks. It's, uh, it's a, a pretty pretty hectic place. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be careful. And it just seems like common sense to me. And if you don't have the common sense, then you're going to get clipped by a car one of these days. And good yeah, riddance but, to you. you know, whether or not you're, you're, you know, you're doing something else or... or you know, it's it's just uh, yeah, it's just crazy. It's just you know, like it really is, and it's just more state. of this. Yeah, it's more of this nanny state crap, this nonsense, the idea that we need mommy government here to keep us safe from every possible every possible thing that might harm us. It's not right. so. John, right, that's thanks for the me, call, guys. man. We appreciate night. hearing from you. 800-259-9231. And this is typical of New York City now, yeah. right? This is the same place where they've got the uh, the trans fat ban. Yep. It's the same place where there's a, a, a cigarette ban. You can't smoke inside any sort of business. This is the same. It's, it's the same place you can't even have toy guns in New York City. It's nutso. They're they're just trying to be mommy government and smooth off all the sharp corners in the world. But the right. world's a dangerous place, and we all only get out one way. Let's here. Here's an idea, Mark. Here's a great way to keep people safe because we want to keep people safe on the streets. Let's give everybody a big bouncy hamster ball that they can get in. You ever seen that Jackie mm-hmm. Chan? There's a Jackie Chan movie called uh, Operation Condor where he rolls down a big hill in this, essentially what is a human hamster ball. Yeah. How's, he, how's he go as quickly as the ball? It looks No, he's inside the ball. I understand he's inside the ball, but the ball could get rolling faster than Jackie Chan. And I'm right, just wondering, he's very fast. Okay. He's very fast. But I mean, you could just sort of sit in there and just let the ball roll down the hill. It doesn't matter. It can run into anything. It's a big, bouncy... Oh, so he's seated in it somehow? He's, yeah, he's inside this rubber ball. Well, thing. I'm thinking of the hamster ball, and I mean, you could take the hamster, and you could roll the ball, and the hamster's going to stick to one to the edge of it and uh you know held by centrifugal force and yeah this i don't i don't really know what the actual inside of this thing was like but okay. anyway it, this could be something for maybe for new york city since new york city's so concerned with its people's safety let's abolish cars the city buses uh, you could keep the subway because that's run by the government anything run by the government that's safe well uh, people, the city buses, so the buses are okay too well so, but but people jump in front of subways all the time and kill themselves hmm I don't know how we can get around that one, Mark. Force fields. We need force fields. Uh, but but otherwise, we can give people the uh, these little ba- these little bouncy balls, and they can get into them, and they can roll around the city, just like a city full of uh, little mice. Little I think hamsters. that that would take up too much space. I think we should put everybody in those uniforms they use for the uh, women's rape classes, the ones the, the 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 classes for the women to avoid violence. I don't know what you mean. Oh, they have these these giant football helmet. Suits. Hmm. Um, they have these huge heads. They they look like uh, characters that would a college would use, um, okay. to, you know, like a college mascot. Gotcha. But in this case, they all look the same. And this is the quote unquote attacker. Uh-huh. And the, the girls um, can, uh, you know, women I should say, uh, can you know, spray fend off the attacker in whatever manner it is that they're supposed to fend them off. I don't think it's pepper spray. This okay. is this is aggressive stuff. You know, like hit him in the solar plexus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, gouge in his eyes. Gotcha. Kick him in the Testies. So you're saying get the get everybody one of those costumes? Yes, and that would take up far less space than this huge bouncy ball you're talking about. New York's a, uh, a populous place, and that's you, true. You couldn't put all these bouncy balls everywhere. But but I'm just talking about maybe maybe just for the people who are driving, maybe just to replace the cars because the bouncy balls aren't really any bigger than the cars. Okay. So you could replace the cars with but the bouncy balls. Then you got to park your bouncy ball. Yeah. Yeah, there's problems here inherent mm. in this bouncy ball system of yours. Well, I'm just trying to help people, you know? I'm well, just looking out for people's best interests. And, and so is Senator Kruger. Senator, Senator Carl, Kr- Carl Kruger. 
Okay. Um, from uh, New York. Uh, Dem- oh, Demo- the guy that Democrat wants to ban the iPod. Yes, that's right. He wants um, individuals. These individ- My mother, you mean. Uh, Carl, mom, mommy Kruger. Right. The individuals um, that are in question here, the ones that, uh, the three people that had been hit by vehicles, mm-hmm. um, they were tuned into iPods and tuned out to the surrounding area. And they stepped off the curb into the path of an oncoming bus, truck, or car, mm-hmm. he said. All three were fatally injured. In one case, people were screaming at the person to watch out, but the person couldn't hear them because their iPods were in um, were in their ears and too loud. Mm. Either um, earlier this year, Ilya Kiselev. Now, there's no chance that um, there's no guarantee that Ilya Ilya Kiselev spoke English and would know what a bunch of screaming people were talking about right. anyway. Yeah, um, if a bunch of people, yeah, right. Maybe she doesn't speak English. She hears people yelling. Just turns up her iPod. I, I've been in, I've been in New York City, and I've asked several white people, you know, people that I expected to be, uh, you know, as American as I could imagine, mm-hmm. um, for directions, and I know of three times that they didn't speak English. Right. They didn't speak English. These are, you know, normal-looking folks to me. Normally, you can tell what a foreigner. I, I couldn't. So essentially, you're suggesting that maybe uh, maybe she was walking and they were yelling at her to uh, to back up, and she just said, uh, "What? What? I'm su- huh? I'm suggesting that it doesn't matter whether yeah. you pass this legislation or not. Um, you know, so, uh, uh, granted, she was distracted, but this is this is an infringement on freedom. I'd like to ban pretty women from the streets too, because they I are could, dangerous. I could very well be crossing a street, getting ready to cross the street, see a very pretty girl walk by, mm-hmm. cr- uh, you know, turn my neck that direction as uh, I'm uh, wa- as I, yeah as I'm walking across the street. So we need to ban attractive ladies, uh, attractive men. They need to be banned as well so we don't endanger anybody. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features you'll find are completely free. That, again, freetalklive.com. We do ask that you voluntarily support the show by voting for us. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com to cast your vote today for the show. It makes a big difference for us because your votes help keep us in the top ten podcasts of the world, of which we are number two as we do the show here tonight, number two, according to PodcastAlley.com, which is pretty good. But we could be number one with your help if you would vote at vote.freetalklive.com. So then, Mark, you yes. know, there was a story that we did a, a little while back, maybe about a year and a half ago, about a snow penis. We did. And it uh, had to do with some neighbors getting a little bit angry over some you know, kids pr- building a naughty little snow penis in their front yard. Was it necessarily children? It was kids. I, when I say kids, I mean 18, 19-year-olds. And so now in the same vein, if you will, of the uh, the snow penis story, from the Norwich Bulletin, Pomfret, a wood-carved silhouette of a buxom mermaid mounted to a curbside mailbox on Old Route 44 has pitted neighbor against neighbor in a dispute about freedom of expression. Mm. I think it's beautiful, said Pixie Ray, who owns the figure. It's art. It's artistic expression. I just don't understand. But neighbor Pam Lee doesn't think it's beautiful. No. The problem, she says, is the mailbox stands on her side of the street in front of her property. Ah, that's interesting. Yes, it is an interesting twist on uh, property rights. Lee has tried unsuccessfully to remove the mailbox. Two years ago, Pam Lee tried to separate her and raise mailboxes. And two months ago, Lee's husband, Scott, was arrested for removing a previous and what Pam Lee says was a more provocative mermaid cutout attached to Ray's mailbox's post. 
I'm torn between shut up and let her do what she's doing, and she'll get bored with me, but my property value is going down, said Pam Lee. Now, I'm going to post this story as I post all of our stories on the Free Talk Live BBS so you can see exactly what this mermaid cutout looks like. But it's not exactly a voluptuous uh, – I mean, I guess it's, it's voluptuous in that it's uh, – well, voluptuous means fat, right? Wait a minute. What is curvy? Voluptuous? Generally, it's curvy. It's curvy, but it's not sexually explicit. I guess is what I'm uh, saying. It's a essentially a cardboard black spray painted cutout of a, a yard mermaid. shadow. Yeah, it's a, a yard shadow, and uh, it's it's ugly. It's got a bunch of tacky jewelry and things like that on it. It's really just the most tacky thing you've probably ever seen on a mailbox. Mm-hmm. But it is their mailbox. And shouldn't they be allowed to put something tacky on their mailbox? That's, of course, the ultimate question, even though it's on, not even on their side of the road. Uh, anyway, the woman's not really sure what she should do about it. Tom Rizzo, spokesperson for the U.S. Postal Service in Connecticut, said, Nothing in the Postal Service's regulations apply to mailbox dressing, and the mailbox is private property. Rizzo said regulations concerning curbside mailboxes address only the size and dimension of the mailbox. So, uh, essentially, the woman in this case can't go to the Postal Service for any sort of dispute resolution. No. I would think that the only thing she could do here is uh, go to the local um, city government who would pass then an ordinance mm-hmm. um, that would be – I would say that it's the wrong thing to do, but I would think that the only place, only place of redress that she has is the city government. Essentially, a customer, when they do with their mailboxes and anything that we would have any purview over, said the spokesbureaucrat, it's very common for customers to decorate their mailboxes as long as it doesn't interfere with the delivery of the mail. Ray's husband, Ken Newkirk, made the three-and-a-half-foot-high, one-dimensional cutout. The couple has several wood carvings, also of female silhouettes, mounted on their fence facing the street, along with yard ornaments. Well, that does sort of indicate that that's her mailbox as opposed to the neighbor's mailbox. I don't think that this is dramatically reducing property value. Uh, that, That seems a little... That seems a little uh, dramatic to me. If this is reducing, if this mermaid being on this mailbox on one side of the street is dramatically reducing property value, then having the similar mermaids on the other side of the street must be quintuplingly reducing the the property value. It must really be bringing it down. I can understand. I agree with you. I don't think it is. I can understand how the woman feels. Sure. But I feel like she has, um, she's done the wrong thing here. She's tried to bring to bear the force of government in this circumstance rather than trying to um, convince the woman in some voluntary fashion. Well, now, you don't know about that. Now, you don't know because it's been going on for a long time. And yeah. she may have tried something in I the very beginning. I doubt very seriously she did. Look, if she's, she's worried about her property values, there's, then she must be uh, – if, if it's really, in fact, lowering her property values, say, $10,000, mm-hmm. then she shouldn't have any problem with parting with a grand – in order to increase her property values $10,000. I mean, where in the world can you take $1,000 and turn it into $10,000 overnight? Hmm. Offer the woman a grand to take the um, mermaid cuttings, uh, cutaways or yard shadows out of there, and I'll bet you she will. The wood carving is the latest in a string of hostilities between Ray and Lee, who live across the street from each other. Relations between the two deteriorated about four years ago when Lee asked Ray to remove her horses from Lee's property. Lee said. Now remember, Lee is the woman who's upset about the mermaid. And Ray is Pixie Ray. Ray is Pixie Ray, yes. And uh, so the two had an agreement to allow Ray's horses on Lee's property, but Lee wanted to use the land for logging. Since then, things have soured. Ray says Lee frequently calls state police about Ray and her family. Lee said Ray has blared music and displays provocative wood carvings to upset Lee. It's been a battle for years, she says. Ray said she would like to move her mailbox to the side of her road, but the Postal Service won't allow it because it will disrupt the flow of the carrier's route. Mm -hmm. So really, all of this is the Postal 
Postal Service's fault for being inflexible bunch of jerks. It's it's true that they're they're involved in it. Um, this is just a, a a mess, is what this is. If it weren't for the postal regulations re, um, mandating that all the mailboxes be on the same side of the road, this wouldn't be an issue for anybody. The select uh, one of the selectmen in the town says he's familiar with the issue, but said no town regulations are being violated. So nobody can bring any force of government to bear on any party in this particular case, and essentially they're at an impasse. Says it's a very uh, it's a very gray civil rights issue. I can't go over there and rip the thing off the mailbox, and thank goodness you can't. So I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to take a well, position on this because I I think that the position that should be taken is that the postal service sucks. I mean that's that's pretty much all you can do here. Right. Um, yeah, it's their know, mailbox, their property. They should they can decorate it however gaudily they want to. Right. I concur with that completely. Um, that it's her mailbox. I'm not entirely on board with however gaudily they intend to, but I don't mm-hmm. believe that this crosses the line of um, indecency. This particular one. I agree. Um, I, I also it's think tacky. That this, this poor it's definitely oh, tacky. Uh, yeah, I don't think this poor woman should have it in, have to have it in front of her house. But really, really, is it going to make that big of a difference if it's not in front of her her house, but is in across, across the, street? the street? Because I looked at uh, a duplex in Sarasota, Florida, when when you and I were living there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking at a, buying a duplex right next door to the Pretzel Kings duplex. <laughs> now, only the people in Sarasota, Florida know who the Pretzel King is, but the Pretzel King goes to... He's an eccentric old man. He is an eccentric old man who goes to all local fairs and um, get-togethers and gets that kind of thing. He's dressed up like a king. He, he dresses up like a king, really. Like, like a, a Burger king. king. Though, yeah, he's got a silly little tights and uh, you know the whole deal and a crown, and he pushes around a pretzel cart and sells pretzels and pickles. Yes, and they're very tasty. It, they are. The Pretzel King's got a little little thing going. He's, he's a fun guy. Right. But um, I did an interview with him once. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. Okay. I got to interview the Pretzel King. It was like one of the biggest moments in my life. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> so he he had well he, his his house is decorated in the same gaudy um, weird fashion that he is. <laughs> he has all kinds of mostly Christmas kind of um, you know the plastic Trinkets. the plastic inflatable not inflatable but um, they're they're hollow plastic yeah. hollow lit ornaments. They're okay. huge, um, three and four feet tall. Right. He has uh, several. Uh, springy rocking horse things out there. Wow. But, but he has just a whole bunch of these things in his yard all year long, bleached out by the sun. Yeah. Um, he, <laughs> so, I mean, his, his house is, it's just, ugh, what are you doing there? Right. And this house was right next door. And I thought twice, more than twice, about buying this house simply because it was right next door to this hideously decorated other house. So did it affect the prop- property value? It did. Because if I thought twice about it, then somebody else said, no, I'd rather not live there. Hmm. So did you buy it or no? I made an offer on the house, um, but uh, the offer was turned down. 1-800-259-9231. If you've had a, uh, a feud with a neighbor before and you want to tell us your story, I'd love to hear from you at 800-259-9231. Feuding neighbors. And it, was it over something... Silly like this, or was it over something a little bit more serious? Your feud, if you've had one. 1-800-259-9231. Coming up, we got more about uh, hemp permits, the very first ones ever to be issued, apparently, since at least uh, the banning of hemp and the banning of marijuana. Some good news there on the way. Also, uh, quick news from the AP. More American troops were killed in combat in Iraq over the past four months, at least 334 through January 31st, than in any comparable stretch since the war began. Translation, more troops are dying now than they ever have in Iraq in the last four months. The numbers are highest, are the highest that they've ever been, Mark. Mm. 
I mean, this is bad. Well, and it's getting worse. It's interesting. We're not fighting a war there anymore. As all we're doing is keeping the peace now, right? Oh, it's so peaceful there. We're doing such a great job with that, aren't we? Hmm. Things that make you go. Hmm. Hour number three is coming up. Hemp permits and more. Your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. If you make them, one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Still want to hear from anybody who has a neighborhood feud story for me? The Hatfields and the McCoys tonight on Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, toll-free number, 800-259-9231. As we launch into hour number three, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free, so do enjoy those. They're on us at freetalklive.com. Coming up, a story about hemp and permits. Permits to, to grow hemp. And speaking of permits, though, I want to go somewhere else beforehand and talk about Washington State and some of the silly, silly rules that they have. Way too many rules, in my opinion, for certain optometrists, certain uh, doctors, according to Eugene Volok. Does your love life comply with state regulations, Uh-oh. opticians? You might be surprised. Say you live in Washington State and you find yourself getting to know and becoming attracted to your dental hygienist, or for that matter, your optician. That's the person who fits your eyeglasses based on the prescription provided by your optometrist. You're interested in a romantic relationship, a sexual relationship, perhaps even marriage. You're both consenting adults, you think, right? You have a right to marry and even a right to have sex, or so you think. But the Washington authorities don't seem to think so. Let's see how some new Washington regulations treat this situation. Under Washington Administrative Code 24616020, your dental hygienist and your optician are, quote, health care providers. This means that under Washington Administrative Code 24616100, they, quote, shall not engage or attempt to engage in sexual misconduct with a current patient. Oh, so you're saying to yourself, sexual misconduct. I mean, that's inappropriate touching. That's, uh, you know, rape. That's bad, naughty things. Well, actually, sexual uh, sexual misconduct, according to the law, is includes, quote, but is not limited to sex, kissing, hugging of a romantic nature suggesting or discussing the possibility of a dating, sexual, or romantic relationship after the professional relationship ends, terminating a professional relationship for the purpose of dating or pursuing a romantic or sexual relationship. You can't even suggest that the relationship continue after the professional um, relationship ends? No, sir. Now, how do you... Talk to this person. Oh, like, suppose, you do not. So, suppose I think that I've, um, I'm a dental hygienist, and I'm straight, and... I, I think that this woman that I've um, seen in the chair is the uh, the, the loveliest Most thing. beautiful lady you've and ever seen. I've talked to her on a couple of occasions. As a matter of fact, she's um, she has a relationship with the doctor as far as economically mm-hmm. goes. I just do the service. And I say, you know... Uh, you hit it off with I'd her. really like to, to date you sometimes. As a no, matter of fact, I've asked my dental hygienist out on a date in the past. Well, it's a good thing you don't live in Washington State, because there you can't. Making statements regarding the patient's body, appearance, sexual history, or sexual orientation other than for legitimate health care purposes, among many other things. Okay, you say, no problem. You could just switch to a different dental hygienist or optician and then start dating, right? Right. There's conflict of interest no longer there, apparently. Ah, 
But perhaps banning optician-client relationships is going a bit far, but it's hardly a big burden on people's romantic, sexual, or marital choices. No dice! Subsection 3 of the provision states that, quote, a health care provider shall not engage or attempt to engage in any of these activities, quote, with a former patient, client, or key party within two years after the provider-patient-client relationship ends. This is ridiculous. Now, two what could years, have possibly happened to spur this law? Uh, this I have no idea, but two years isn't a short time. No. If you do want to date your, uh, your former dental Whatever hygienist, spark was there is gone. Yeah. If you do want to date your former dental hygienist or optician, you can't even kiss her until two years after you leave her practice. Or to be precise, you can kiss her, and she can kiss you back if she's willing to risk professional discipline and possibly loss of her livelihood, a pretty serious burden. Oh, yeah. But wait, there's more. Maybe before you leave and wait the two years, you ought to get a sense of whether she's even interested, right? I mean... Why bother breaking off the business relationship if there's not even a chance that you're going to have something two years down the line? Except that even if you ask, even if you ask whether she's potentially interested, her answer has to be, I'm sorry, but I can't discuss the possibility of a relationship after the professional relationship ends. Yeah, that has to be it. This is ridiculous. This is just another way to turn people into criminals. These are bad laws. We should not be doing this to the American people. We should not be doing this to the citizens of Washington State. I can't imagine why they would do this. I'm sorry. I mean, if they want to get in a relationship, they're two consenting adults. Really, they can handle it. I don't understand it either, and if you have some idea as to why these regulations exist, I'd love to hear from you at 800-259-9231. And at the very least, if these regulations should exist, they should exist from whatever board or panel, um, you know, is like the the, the AMA or something. Right. They shouldn't come from the government. Professional inter-business uh, regulations. Right. It makes sense to me that the Association of Psychologists or whatever that might be, I don't know, right. um, might say, as this don't is a rule, your you're not allowed to date your patients. But, but a I dental hygienist, an a, optician? A doctor? I don't care if it's your, um, if you're, it's your gynecologist. Right. You should be able to date them. This is not a relationship that has to do with their mind. You're not screwing with them. Of course, the restriction does end two years after the professional relationship ends. So two years after switching dental hygienist or opticians, you can call up the person and say, Hey, so-and-so, remember me from two years ago? No. I only stopped coming to your office so that I could wait two years and then ask you out. So, are you interested? No. At that point, she can start a relationship with you or say, Oh, sorry you had to stay away for two years, but I don't think it would work out between us. Actually, sh- can she start a relationship with you even two years later? Well, not if, A, there's significant likelihood that the patient will seek or require additional services from the healthcare provider, or B, there's an imbalance of power, influence, opportunity, and or special knowledge of the professional relationship. How should the hygienist or optician think this through? Let's skip item A, even though that's troublesome enough, and instead consider item B. Is there an imbalance of power, influence, opportunity, and or special knowledge of the professional relationship? It's hard to grasp what special knowledge of the professional relationship means, but if the question is whether there's an imbalance of special knowledge, the answer would likely have to be yes. All professionals, including dental hygienists and opticians, have special knowledge that others don't have. And what about influence or opportunity? Say the optician is a relatively well-paid small businessman and you're poorer or less well-educated. The optician may well have more influence and opportunity than you do. He may not have nearly enough to threaten you or coerce you, but that's not the test. The question is just whether there's an imbalance of influence or opportunity. 
this is you know it's like the uh, the prince and the pauper here doesn't many people move up in society um you know in economic uh, strata by marrying above themselves by going moving up yes uh, know, as far as economic station they may very well be marrying down and uh, you know moral station but who knows i mean that's that's those are the choices that people make and that's a way that people move up and people have been trading beauty for money for a long time Not in, in washington arena. state does an optician making a comfortable living have influence and opportunity that's balanced with someone who, say, is working as a waitress for minimum wage? Probably not. And if that's so, then that means the optician and waitress can't date even after the two years have passed. Hmm. Of course, maybe the rule's meant to capture something less than all imbalance of power, influence, opportunity, and special knowledge. Perhaps eventually it'll be interpreted more narrowly than it seems to be written. But in the meantime, the optician or hygienist who's com- contemplating whether to have the relationship with you risks losing his livelihood should he guess wrong about the law, what the law means. More, the rule applies not just to relationships with clients, but also with any key party which includes immediate family members and others who would be reasonably expected to play a significant role in the health care decisions of the patient or client and includes but is not limited to the spouse, domestic partner, sibling, parent, child, guardian, and person authorized to make health care decisions of the parent or client. Say you're a single doctor. You get to know your patient, and through the patient, you get to know the patient's sister, whom you find yourself romantically interested in. Can you ask her out? Either while you're seeing the patient or for two years afterwards? Makes sense. Well, if... You don't have a relationship with them. If who would be reasonably expected applies only to others and not to immediate family members, then immediate family members are off limits to you, period. No matter what, whether they play a role in the patient's health care decisions. But say that even that the key party includes only those immediate family members who would be reasonably expected to play a significant role in the patient's health care decisions. And say that the patient's sister is herself a doctor or nurse. The patient's sister would surely be reasonably expected to play a significant role in the healthcare decisions of the patient. People routinely rely on medically trained family members' advice in making healthcare decisions. So, no dice with the patient's sister. You can't marry her. You can't have sex with her. You can't ask her on a date. You can't even say she looks nice. You can't do this while you treat the patient. You can't do it for two years afterwards. You can't even do it two years afterwards if there's an imbalance of power, influence, opportunity, and or special knowledge of the professional relationship. How micromanaged can our lives get? Government is truly governing. 1-800-259-9231. Your show. You take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site there are completely free, so do enjoy those. They are on us, and that does include archives. An entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com. And what's your liberty issue? Is it the war on drugs? Well, register now for the February of 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Speakers to include Jack Cole, Executive Director of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, as well as Rob Campia, the Executive Director of the Marijuana Policy Project, and New Hampshire residents who are working to end the war on drugs. freestateproject.org slash libertyforum for more information and 
to get registered. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Get registered as soon as possible. The hotel rooms are selling out. It's not completely sold out yet, but uh, could happen at any time because the, uh, the John Stossel portion of the event has sold out. So, I mean, it's just going to be a matter of time now. And we're, we're at two weeks out, Mark. Yeah, T minus two weeks in counting. Be, it's really soon. I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait to be there. It's it's going to be really exciting. We're looking forward to meeting a lot of you there and a lot of other uh, really important liberty oriented personalities going to be in attendance. It is going to be the I think the biggest liberty oriented event of the year, if not uh, the entire ever. ever yes, in, uh, entire history of the pro liberty movement. So uh, as we go uh, to the phones, uh, to the fun, let's talk to Jason in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Jason. Hello. Hi, what's on your mind? You know, look, I just got a very strange call. Okay. Uh, it could be from a, a bill collection agency. I don't hmm. know. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, I, I, I've been a listener to the Alex Jones show Good for, for you. about the last four months. Okay, mm-hmm. so? All right. Okay. Yeah, so what? And um, <clears throat> um, I ordered Newswatch magazine. About two months ago, I got my first issue just a few weeks ago, which was, uh, was uh, very uh, interesting. Uh, <clears throat> I'm wondering, uh, since I, I got this very strange call, if, in fact, the reason why I didn't get this call was because I ordered this magazine. Well, what was the call? Well, <clears throat> it was from a group from Waterloo, Iowa. Uh, called the CBE Group. CBE. Uh, yeah, and uh, they wouldn't tell me what it was all about, uh, except they were trying to find uh, a, a former neighbor of mine whom I never heard of. Mm-hmm. They gave me what I thought was a bogus name and a bogus address, but it was real close to, to where I used to live. Okay, where you used to live. Yeah, well, gotcha. I live in an apartment complex, and... Um, they said they were looking for this person by this particular name. Mm-hmm. And um, they gave me an apartment number, and there was no apartment number. So I called them back. They um, gave you an apartment number, but there wasn't an apartment number? I don't, under- I don't understand. Well, there's only four apartments in each building. Okay. And So they gave you a bogus apartment number? Yes. Okay. All right. And... Um, I, w- I was very suspicious at that point right there, and I asked them, "What what is this all about?" Okay, and, fair question. Uh, they gave me a big runaround because I, I and I asked them the question because I was so suspicious. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And so we ended up hanging up, and I called them back again. And um, you called I, them I back. To... Why did you Why did you hang up? I mean, why did you end the call? Well, because I wasn't getting anywhere with these people. Okay. Um, and they, they didn't I, tell I, I you what they them. wanted? They just they just said they wanted information on somebody that used to live nearby you? That's correct. Uh-huh. So maybe it was and like a private investigative firm, and they were just looking for information on uh, somebody that a client was investigating. Well, it could have been, um, except for the fact that I, I called information, mm-hmm. uh, um, telephone information, and uh, they have no record of any person by that name living at that that particular address. Why would they give you that information? Huh? Why would they give you that information? 
That seems like it might be That's private information. information. I, I, yeah. I called. I called telephone information. Okay. I picked up the phone and I dialed four one one. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that you can't call four one one and ask who's lived at every address. No, uh, I just asked him if they had any any uh, any person by that name registered uh, in this geographic area. Right. Okay. I mean, you can do that. I see. Yeah. Uh, nothing. Period. All right. Well. And, it does anyway, sound a little weird. I don't know if uh, I don't know if uh, the the, the uh, Illuminati is hunting you down, though. <laughs> well, I, I understand. I, I realize this. Um, and, and so, I what what were you calling? Why were you calling Free Talk Live tonight? Just because you just wanted to share the story, or what? I, no, I wanted to actually. I didn't really even want to get on the air because I ah. didn't want to discourage anybody else from calling in uh, for Newswatch magazine. I just I don't even know what that is, sir. Had the same problem. Yeah, I don't know anything about Newswatch magazine. I've never heard, I've of, never the heard mag- of it. I never heard of the magazine, and uh, I can't. I think. I think that you're putting one and two together, and you're getting five, and it doesn't really. I think you just got a strange phone call, and you're really overreacting to it. Well, People it make could very re- well be. Yeah, it could very be. Well, be. Do you have anything to do with the Alex Jones show? No, we're just. We just happen to be on the same network. That's all. Okay. Well, that explains it, I guess. I, right. I, well, if you're, listen, if it's I'm explained sorry, to you, then to awesome. People back and ask them. Well, good luck, sir, and thanks for thanks. the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, he got a scary Ooh. phone call, and you know he's a little concerned about it, and um, you know perhaps he felt like uh, Alex Jones would 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 have some ideas. Alex, save me! Alex, save me from the strange phone calls. Yeah. Well, I just don't know. <laughs> All righty. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves, and yes. You can literally bring up anything. Let's go to the hemp story, Mark. Something about hemp permits being given out for the very first time, uh, perhaps since, well, the abolishment of legalization of hemp, or the abolishment Stand of back. the legal status of, uh, of hemp. Uh, apparently, North Dakota is the state where this is going on. What's That's happening? right, Bismarck, North Dakota. Associated Press, North Dakota issued the nation's first licenses to grow industrial hemp Tuesday Fantastic. to two farmers who still must meet federal requirements before they can plant the crop. The farmers must get approved from the Drug Enforcement Administration, oh, great. So which treats hemp uh, much the way that it treats marijuana and has not allowed commercial hemp production, but it but has said that it would consider applications to grow it. Oh, whoopee. Well, considering it is better than not considering it. I suppose. I mean, if you, I'm sure that they would say, we would not consider an application to grow um, poppy seeds, uh, or uh, poppies, or whatever they make heroin out of. I guess yeah. I don't know everything. Opium. Marijuana plants, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that they wouldn't say that, so they would consider this. It seems like a, you know, okay, chances right. are better. So it's moving in the right direction, at least. Um, hemp is a co- cousin of marijuana that contains trace amounts of the chemical that causes marijuana high, though hemp does not produce the same effects. The study, um, the sturdy, fibrous plant is used to make an assortment of products, including paper, rope, clothing, and cosmetics. Industrial hemp cultivation is legal in Canada and other countries, but is banned in the United States. Law enforcement officials worry that industrial hemp can, be, can shield the growing of marijuana, although hemp supporters say that the fear is unfounded. North Dakota Agricultural Department um, approved, approved yeah, rules. Yeah, it's unfounded, because who the heck would want to grow marijuana in the middle of a field of hemp? Yeah, well, they, they would get the worst pot ever. You would have, then, a field of hemp very shortly. Right. <laughs> um, because, or you would, yeah, it would get pollinated. It, and uh, That's it. I mean, the marijuana right. would be ruined. Because there's a male and there's a female version of the plant, and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. We, we'll get into the detail here in a moment. 800-259-9231. There's more about the story. 
not really much more. The you know the first few lines says it all. Okay. I mean there there is stuff, but all right. There's more also on the way about kooks, <laughs> crazy kooks. We'll talk about them. Your calls as well about anything. Toll free one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The packet eight dot net toll free line for you. It is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. You get to bring up whatever's on your mind. 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free. And uh, that does include the updates. Uh, updates.freetalklive.com get you signed up. That's updates.freetalklive.com. To uh, get on the list, to get clued in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Is there a young person that's important to you? Give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. The average college student graduates with $7,000 in credit card debt. That's not to mention the college debt. Mm. There's no way to start a life. Buy them A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's 800-657-5066. As we go into the email box, this one from Stephen, he says, Hey guys, I just started listening to your show after I ran across a webpage that referenced the Free State Project, which I find very interesting. I'd like to get your thoughts on what I call the kook factor, i.e. the Libertarian Party as well as the Reform Party and the Natural Law Parties, has great goals and ideals, however are often infiltrated by well-meaning people that are either eccentric or obsessed with a particular issue of unorthodox nature that the libertarian libertarian platform is conducive to. While these people have every right to be heard, they tend to convey the wrong impression to the at-large public and are probably the wrong choice for positions of leadership within the party. I've been to local libertarian meetings, and all too often it consists of one well-balanced, principled person surrounded by a majority of (laughs) kooks. For example... Many people. Listen. I think it's je- better a better number than one, but okay. I, but but yes, I see where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. I too have been to the Libertarian Party meetings, and yes, there's definitely a kook contingent there. Uh, for example, many people listen to Libertarian gun nuts and conclude that Libertarians are okay with firing a submachine gun into a crowd of children, so long as none of them are hit with the bullets. I don't think that anyone would really. I can't believe anyone would really think that from listening to a, a Libertarian gun nut. I don't think anybody who I've ever come across that is a libertarian that is but for it, guns would it, ever suggest anything does, of that sort. To, to some people, it seems like a really crazy stance that libertarians believe, say... In gun freedom. In gun freedom, that you should be able to have a fully gun. automatic Thompson submachine gun, you know, forty-five caliber submachine gun. You should be able to have that. Well, for the people... I that, unfortunately, you know, I mean, I, I don't want one, but... I think that people should have them. They should be able to have them. And the people that find that a crazy idea, I don't really think they're too liberty-minded. I don't really think that they're too receptive to the message of freedom. What's the gentleman's name? Stephen. Stephen, um, I I haven't listened to the whole email, and I may change my mind as far as we go, but, um, you know, you have radical ideas. You believe in freedom. Mm -hmm. These ideas are fringe in America. Unfortunately, they are. People believe that the government is what helps and saves them. I mean, 
I, I'm not fooled. I'm not wrong. In, Impressed with the uh, 9-11 crowd out there that, uh, you know, wants to talk constantly about uh, a catastrophe that occurred five years ago and, and you know, its implications for our lives and all that stuff. I don't th- feel that that forwards the issue I agree of liberty. With you. And the one-trick ponies, the one-issue guys, I, I really – I think they're – they're probably detrimental to the movement, sure. I, I don't think that somebody whose only issue is marijuana legalization is going to be uh, – is is the kind of guy that I'm going to hang out with. I don't think those people are libertarians. I think those are one-issue people that have found a crowd of people that agree with them on an issue, and they think they can use that crowd of people to advance their one issue. It, it's quite possible. I think that if you believe in freedom and liberty, you have to make a stand for freedom and liberty. And – you know, maybe there'll be some weirdos that come around, but I've been to Democratic Party meetings, and there's weirdos there, too. He says, I like most of the messages put forth on your talk show, and I love Ron Paul. I think the movement is chock full of eccentrics, some calling mm. into your show, and you must recognize this. What's the best way to overcome this PR problem? I think many conservatives are dying to be libertarian, but they're afraid of being associated with a party that's affiliated with these aforementioned kooks. The, the way to um, overcome the PR problem is to stand firm for liberty. You just keep on talking about liberty. You I keep agree. on talking about the issues that count to you. And will there be some nuts? Sure. But sooner or later, people will trickle in. It's not going to be, it's obviously not going to be some huge movement. Other libertari- otherwise, the Libertarian Party would have been successful in 1972, sure. the year after they were formed. And they weren't. People would have, seen, would have heard the liberty message and would have said, Oh my gosh, I've been waiting my whole life for this. This is the moment I've been waiting for to finally find a political party that agrees with me on everything. And, you know, you and I don't agree on right. quite a few issues when it comes to liberty. You want no government. You believe that we're better served with um, you know, a, a free market solution to every Absolutely. issue. Absolutely. I don't believe that. And it, by the way, I'd like to point out, it took me a good five, uh, five or six years, actually seven years, to come to that, to, to come to that position. Because when I became a libertarian, I signed an agreement. When you, because when you join the Libertarian Party, you have to sign a statement of principle that says, essentially, I don't support or advocate the initiation of force to achieve uh, political or social goals. And when I signed that agreement, I knew what I was signing. I understood what I was signing. I understood that it meant certain things. But I didn't really have a firm grasp on the full extent of what it truly meant. Yeah, do you see where I'm coming from on this, Mark? I, I, I understood the meaning of the words. Well, it and sounds I good. Agreed, and I agreed with them. It's just that I didn't fully realize what it was that I was getting into. I knew that that was the direction I had to go. If I wanted to be a libertarian, if I liked these ideas, that was the direction I had to go in. It just took me seven years to get to the the full realization that what that statement means is is that the government is not the answer. That's what that statement means. It, it essentially is an, an anarchist statement. And it is, I, and it took me seven years to figure that out. I probably wouldn't have figured it out because um, I wouldn't have thought about it that much over that period of time, but... I you you informed me of what what its implications are and you know now I'm I like the statement and everything I just I can't abide it um but the point I was making is you yeah. and I disagree if you had a strong um principled position that I will not associate with people who do not agree, agree with, with me 100 percent then we wouldn't have a radio show That's true. It wouldn't be here. It wouldn't be so, much of a movement. It, and and um, a lot of people listen to the radio show. I would say I would say the majority. I'd go so far as saying the vast majority of the listeners agree with me as opposed oh, to you. Oh, oh. But that's just me. That's an opinion, yeah. right? Um, that they agree with me as opposed to you. And those people wouldn't be here listening to Ian's message. No, they sure wouldn't. So, you know, yeah, there's people out there that are fringe. I think Ian's weird. Yeah. 
But I do a show with him every single day. For one thing, I know that he's an extraordinarily talented talk show host, and in spite of his weird political views, he is going to be very, very popular. And I'd like to be popular, too. And I'm not, you know, I'm not the talk show host that Ian is. But, uh, you know, you've got to ally yourself to some extent with um, kooks. I don't think that, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to get on board with the 9-11 stuff. Really don't want to no, do it. heck no. And, uh, you know, a lot of and people... And those people, well, the, now, the, the 9-11 people aren't necessarily libertarians. And I think the fact that, the fact that they call this show so much confuses some people. Yeah. And, and that, sh- and it shouldn't, because we are on a network, where the Genesis Communications Network, that's our syndicate, that happens to have a lot of conspiracy shows on during every other time slot during the day. Free Talk Live is the one exception to that rule. We're their sort of their breakout show. And we're breaking and, out. And we are breaking out. We're the show that's on the 50,000-watt station down in South Florida. We're the show that's got an 18.2 in the ratings, uh, which is... In Florence, the, Alabama. In Florence, Alabama, dominating uh, the competition. So we're the ones that, are the, that really people are listening to, that people want to hear. But unfortunately, we're still on the network where there's all these people listening that believe in the conspiracy theory. So naturally, they're more likely to call into Free Talk Live. Just because we have a certain contingent of callers doesn't mean that those people are part of the liberty movement at all. Now, to be fair, some of them are. Some of them are in the, the liberty movement, yeah. and that's fine, and we welcome. If you're, if you're, a, pro, if you're a pro-liberty guy or, or lady, I don't care what your belief system is about the 9-11 attacks, as long as you're out there working for freedom, mm-hmm. as long as you're out there working towards more liberty and not out talking about your conspiracy theory all the time. If you talk to me about it, I'm going to tell you what I think. Sure. Because I'm not going to tacitly agree with you. I'm not going to give you that um, the, the, the false impression that I agree with you on 9-11 if, it, if you're making claims that I just don't simply am not re- ready to abide. But he says, what's the best way to overcome the PR problem of, as he perceives of it, as the, the kooks? Sticking says, with liberty. He says that many conservatives are dying to be libertarian but are afraid of being associated with a party that's affiliated with these aforementioned kooks. And I think you could reverse that and say many liberals are also afraid to be associated with... With, uh, with the Libertarian Party for a variety of reasons as well. I want to explore those on the way, 800-259-9231, and what can be done to overcome the problem. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. Uh, so do enjoy those. They're on us, though. We do ask that you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn what that's all about. I am behind again. Uh, Mark, the, the amplifiers have been coming in so quickly mm-hmm. since last week uh, with your whole coming out of the closet sort of thing. Not, yeah. not in a gay way, but the other coming out. Right. If you missed the show, then you should listen to last week's episode. I'm a convicted felon. Yes. Um, we've gotten mo- a, the biggest boost of support in the AMP program right. that I think we've had in a long time. I haven't gotten, I, I don't know about you, but I haven't gotten one I- negative email. I haven't. Not one. And it's just amazing. I get that, negative emails all the time, people. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how, uh, how well our listeners are standing behind us on this. And I, I think it's awesome. Yeah, our listeners certainly are. So amp.freetalklive.com. <laughs> yeah. Amp, let's say no more on that one. Amp.freetalklive.com is uh, the place to go to learn about the AMP program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is simple. If you like Free Talk Live, you like the message of freedom and liberty, you like the fact that we're spreading it six nights a week here on the show, and you want to help us get into more radio markets around the country, to get on more people's Internet connections, more people's MP3 players, AMP is the way to go. And it's simple. The idea is, since we give away all of the features on the website for free, 
up front, the the archives, the uh, the Shrine of Female Listeners, the bulletin board system, the wiki, all those things completely free. As you put it before, Mark, the Free Talk Live website has the most has more content on it than any radio talk show host website out there. It's the biggest radio talk show website in the world. It may very well be, and it is all completely free. So we do ask that you voluntarily support the show. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com and amp up for three bucks a month. That's all it takes. You will get access to some perks, including the amplifier-only call-in lines, the amp-only uh, amp only archives, and more, all there, amp.freetalklive.com. And also, don't forget to do some shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com, where a percentage of your purchase goes to benefit the show. Back to Stephen's email, where he's concerned about the kook factor. He's saying that a lot of conservatives, in his mind, are dying to be libertarians, but are afraid of being associated with a party that's affiliated with these aforementioned kooks. And he gives a few examples of who he considers uh, kooks. People, for instance, that are, as he gives, he says, libertarian gun nuts who just want to have uh, all the, the firearms they can possibly have. Is, for some reason, that scares conservatives. I'm not sure why that would scare a conservative. It would seem to me that conservatives are more scared by people like me, people who want to uh, have legal drugs and legal prostitution and, uh, and that sort of thing. I want legal drugs and legal prostitution, too. Right. Well, that's because you're a li- you're a liberty-minded person, yeah. and you understand the principles. I'm a libertarian, but I'm not a member of the party. And this guy's Bri- Brian. Is that the guy? This guy's Stephen. Stephen. Yeah. Stephen. Um, perhaps here's a solution for you. Don't join the Libertarian Party. Join the, the Republican, Republican Liberty, liberty caucus. caucus or the Democratic Freedom Caucus if I, you're a Democrat. I'm on both the Republican Liberty Caucus's uh, message boards, discuss and action, and I never ever see them talking about conspiracy stuff on there. He's not talking about conspiracy stuff. He doesn't mention conspiracies at all. In I understand. This email. He says kook stuff, and I'm, not, I'm a little vague on what that is. I'm probably half kooky from what this guy's point of view is. Maybe I don't so. know. Maybe so. And I'm, just, I'm giving you an option. Join the Republican Liberty Caucus. It's more conservative. Well, I'm than, not even in the Libertarian Party technically anymore. I mean, I don't give them money anymore. You don't give them I'm, money, I'm a life member. You're a but, life member because you gave them so much money at one point. Right. At one point, which I no longer agree with the things that they're doing, and so that's why I don't give them any more money right. at, at this point. So I personally am just a, a free wheeler. I'm yeah. somebody who will support whoever I, whoever I want to support. I'll support whoever the most liberty-oriented candidate is. I'll right. support like the, Ron Paul is running for president as a Republican. If, and if Ron Paul gets that nomination, I can't see wh- I can't see not voting for him because he's he could win. Right. You know? I mean, he's and not he's, he's not a perfect oriented. libertarian. I'll still vote for him. Um. So, anyway, he says that he thinks that uh, people are concerned with the, the kook problem in the party. Well, I don't even know if political parties are the solution anymore. I mean, I don't even know if that's the answer. This isn't. I don't know. Maybe maybe Stevens made a mistake, and he thinks that Free Talk Live is the mouthpiece for the Libertarian Party. No, it's not. In fact, the Republican Liberty Caucus has advertised with us in the past, and the Libertarian Party has not. It's a true so, statement. I mean... I don't have any allegiance to anybody. I, I would say the closest allegiance that we have is to the uh, the Free State Project. We are both proponents of the Free State Project. But we're not even official spokespeople uh, We are not spokespeople. No, we are not spokespeople for them, but we bo- are proponents of them. We believe sure in we are. We are members. We've yep. moved here. We've staked our, um, you know, our welfare on and it. And since we've come here to the Free State, we've seen that uh, the answer to freedom isn't necessarily in one political party or the other. Mm-mm. It's just in being principled and getting the message of freedom out there to people. However, that might work, whether it be through Free Talk Live, whether it be through just networking with your friends and family members, or whatever the answer is. Yeah, Stephen, I do. I now have the solution. I have the solution to your problem. Amp Free Talk Live. That is a good. Uh, that is a good suggestion. Because we're growing every day. And if you we're like what we're doing, the, we're going to spread the issue, um, the, the 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 message of liberty. And if you want that to happen, send us. 
some, uh, you know, a few dollars for advertising, marketing, and promoting our show. I am uh, pretty much, I mean, I've pretty much given up on political parties. I, I haven't I could, um, entirely. I mean, from a national level, I, I hope. But no, 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 now wait a minute. Now wait a minute. Yeah, you have to, to some extent because you don't go to political meetings. You have never gone to a Republican, Libertarian, Democratic Freedom Caucus. You've never gone to any sort of political party meeting here in the, the Keene area. Not in the Keene area. I've gone to Libertarian meetings, and I've gone to Democratic meetings, and I've gone to Republican meetings. Here in New Hampshire? No. Okay. You don't have a, any activism the, But the RLC level. meetings are at 7 p.m. I see where you're coming. So I can't go to them. Okay. But, but they know they can call me for anything. Okay. Well, anyway, he says, what's the best way to overcome the PR problem? I would say... If you feel like you must get involved in the political party, then go and do it. And the best way to overcome it would be to get yourself involved and to get other people who also um, believe in the same things as you to be to be involved as well. Because if it's true that your political party is overrun, whether they're Republicans, Libertarians, or Democrats, or the Greens, or whoever, if it's true that they're overrun by kooks, then the only way to get it back is to go and... Outpopulate the take it back. Yes, outpopulate them and uh, and make them so angry that they go somewhere else. Or alternatively, start your own political group or your own political party. I mean, start start the Libertarian Party also, or start the uh, you know the Freedom the Stevens Freedom Party party. You know, set up your own rules, set up your own system, set up your own requirements for membership. Don't allow them to control you. You control your situation. Um, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, the political process is so messed up it across is. the nation, and I, I feel like it's so broken we can't do anything about it. Um, I, I like the idea of the Free State Project. I think we, I know we can get people elected. We've done it. Yes, we have. Here in the Free State Project, continue doing it. There's like 80 members of the um, of the House of Representatives here in New Hampshire that are libertarians. There, um, we, we, you know, the, uh, the first free stater that moved here from out of the state got elected. I don't think we have election. a problem with kooks in this state. I don't, I don't know. think we have that problem here. I don't, but then again, as you point out, I don't know. I, I haven't been to a Libertarian Party meeting since back down in Florida. I'd rather get Liberty and, uh, you know, let's vote for Liberty and I'll hash it out with the kooks on the way. Yeah. 1-800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. You can take control of the airwaves even in these remaining moments. But uh, the, the, I remember there was a guy down in Florida, a guy named Fred. And he was sort of he was sort of the party kook. Okay. He uh, he didn't seem that kooky when I talked to him, but okay. He's kind of a kooky guy. He's sort of an old hippie dude. Mm-hmm. He uh, carries a bowl around with him at all times, with loaded loaded with tobacco, not marijuana. And he'll just whip whip out what looks like a marijuana pipe at any sort of event that he's at, and just start smoking a bowl. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's just sort of a weird dude. He's sort of an eccentric kind of a kooky guy. And when you go to the meetings, if you go to a party meeting and Fred shows up, then it's pretty much a guarantee that nothing's going to get done, because for some reason he is a. Sa- he, I almost believe he's a saboteur. Like he'll go and he'll go to the meetings and he'll bring up just the most inane points, the most useless. Just sort of cannon fodder, if you will, just for discussion purposes, and he'll derail. He'll he'll derail uh, meaningful discussion. He'll mm-hmm. derail meaningful uh, things that are happening. Uh, p- planning ideas. He's, he's a bad leader. He's not a. He's not even a leader. He's just well, no, somebody uh, who comes in to throw a monkey wrench. It's into a things. term that I've used. Is that um, a bad leader will lead people away from what it is you're trying to accomplish? He's negative. Yes. Yeah, like a like an anti leader. He's kind a of negative thing. force. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's why I, I can understand where Stephen's coming from in that there are these people out there who seem like their their sole purpose in life is to obscure and to uh, object and to stop things from happening. 
And it can be really frustrating when you come across these people in your groups. And if it's an open group that's open to the public where you're encouraging people to show up and participate, then there's not much you can do about those things. You can't kick them out because it's a group that's open to the public. So that's why I say go out and start your own group. Start your own private group. I believe that uh, competition is a good thing. You know, I'm a libertarian after all. I think uh, a competitive uh, a competitive marketplace, even in political parties, is important. If you're not satisfied with the Republican Liberty Caucus, if you're not satisfied with the Democratic Freedom Caucus or the Libertarian Party or whatever activism group you're in, start your own. I don't know that. Uh, I, I I don't know. Do you have? You don't know what? Starting your own political party. Eh. I didn't say start your own political party. I said start your own group. Mm. You can still be the Libertarians or the Republican Liberty Caucus. You could just be another arm or another wing, one that's more autonomous. One that's Join the Free State Project. Get up here. It's the but only chance. But you're still going to have to do things when you get up here. And if you encounter people like this, don't let them bring you down. Do your own thing. Step away, break away, and start your own group. That's what I'm suggesting. Okay. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. Don't let them bring you down. Do what you've got to do to make yourself feel good about what you, what you want. More tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. Good night. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.